Thursdays, everybody. Yay. Happy, happy, happy Thursday. Uh, so we have an action-packed show today. Uh, earlier on today, it was the release of Hashtag, our beautiful film on dust. If you haven't checked it out, please do. It was lots and lots of fun doing the online uh, interviews and chats today. You can check it out on dust. And did you see it? Thank you for joining. I saw As there, I saw Texodo. Uh, I saw quite a few of you there, so I'm very, very appreciative. And uh, so to, to, uh, if this day could get any better, it would, it, would, it would blow my mind. And of course, it is about to get very better because we're about to be joined by the beautiful Rock O'Bannon. You know him from every production uh, in the history of the universe. Uh, so is everybody ready to see Beautiful Rock? Yay! I'm going to need some frail years out there, please, to rev it up, rev it up, rev it up. Woohoo! All right, let me just find him over in my second screen here. Do, do, do. There he comes. Alrighty, let's see if we can tune into Beautiful Rock. Hey, Rock! Hello. Can hi, can you hear me okay? I can hear you five by five. Yay, five by five. I, do, but I heard it on TV, so <laughs> I think it's good. I think it means good. So, How are you? I'm good. I'm doing very well. I hope uh, everyone else is doing well. I, You and I have spoken. I think you're doing super. Yes, life yeah. is great. Well, it's it's been interesting, hasn't it? Where, where do you start, huh? Exactly. I feel I feel like I'm living in a, in a Rockney movie in a Rockney series. Oh, that's depressing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, never, that doesn't stop after an hour. Yeah, that's not right, good. Right. Did you do this? Did you create this, this I did. mayhem? I, I blame myself, yes. Right. So what's been happening in your world? Um, uh, okay, the same as everybody else. Okay, just get that away. Okay, I'm doing that. Um, uh, and and uh, right now, um, we've started up, I'm working on a show called Evil. I worked on that last year. It's on CBS, uh, Robert Michelle King, uh, a lot of fun fun to do. And uh, anyway, uh, we started up the writer's room on that, uh, virtually, of course, uh, about, I don't know, seven or eight weeks ago. So um, we're tr trudging along and um, uh, just having a lot of fun. And we're doing, it's actually because it's on, on Zoom, it's a very, it's, it's, it's a much more concentrated experience than when you're in the writer's room and there's a lot more uh, kind of just, you know, uh, casual talk and kibitzing and all that sort of thing because we're just staring at each other on a screen. Uh, you know, we work uh, just kind of middle of the day and then we're done. And it's, uh, you know, so that's that's pretty effective. And we're getting, we're actually, you know, I think we're breaking episode five now, which is wow. pretty, pretty quick. So uh, it's going along great. And then we have no idea, we shoot Brooklyn uh, and we have no idea when we're gonna start production. Obviously that's a big, big, big question. Mark, so there's right? no, there's no clues as of yet when the, when the filming's going to start again? No, I mean, none. I mean, obviously everybody's anxious to start and uh, CBS, you know, uh, the network is, you know, uh, working diligently to figure out exactly how to um, keep cast and crew safe, um, but get back into production. And, you know, it's all those, we also have all those questions about what will the world be like when it finally, the show finally does premiere again for second season. And I mean, what, what, how should we portray that? I mean, do we have everybody wearing a mask when they're outside? And if we don't, does it seem like oddly retro? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, but then if the world is loosened up some, 
between the time we film it and the time it airs, suddenly if our cast is wearing masks, that looks retro. So questions like that are just really, you know, but Hanky never again, you know, our, our joke in the scripts is so-and-so, you know, these two people kiss, and then we put in parentheses, or they wave affectionately <laughs> from a distance. Yeah, we, you know, it's like, I mean, it's funny and it's not because I, I'm sure all shows are going through this right now going, how do we portray this, you know, and uh, we do COVID stories, which, you know, <sighs> anyway, so um, we're not alone, I'm sure, in that, trying to figure all that out. So I don't even know where to begin with you. I wonder what it's like living in your genius brain because uh, these credits just go on and on and on. Like I'm looking at IMDb and I, my mind is like exploding. So we've got Evil, Defiance, Constantine, Revolution, Cult, V, Warehouse 13, The Triangle, Farscape, Peacekeeper Wars, Farscape, Fatal Era, Creature Invasion, Alienation, Sig <gasps> When do you rest? <laughs> I how do you, a lot. I don't know. How, it, it does sound like how, it, it seems like yes, yeah, it, it seems like a significant output, but I, I I rest a lot, so I don't know how I don't know how that 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 comes about. I've got a lot of I have a lot of support, a lot of creative support uh, on all these shows, so that's that's super helpful. I need to ask just a personal question for me: What was it like working with Patrick Swayze in in Amazing Stories? That was amazing. Um, no, that, that was that was a, that was a great great experience. I was working on the Twilight Zone, the remake of the Twilight Zone in the '80s. That was my first job, and then during the hiatus of that, um, I was approached by the Amazing Stories people. I knew Mike Garris, who was the story editor on that, um, kind of socially a, a, a little bit, not a, a lot, but um, he was going to get an opportunity to, to direct his first episode of Amazing Stories. But Steven uh, Spielberg didn't want him to write it and direct it. So it was it was mixed story, but he wanted somebody to write the teleplay. So he, he asked me to do it. So I did that during that during the hiatus. Um, and the, the the thing I the thing that's interesting is the premise of the of the show is a man who's on death it's called Life on Death Row. And there's a man, Patrick Swayze, who is on death row and then he tries to escape and he gets hit by lightning going over the fence. And he wakes up the next day and he has the, the 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 power of healing so now the question is you've got a guy on death row do you you know how do you execute somebody that has this amazing power and then the warden brings in his i think it's his daughter or his wife no, his daughter. Yeah, daughter, daughter, his daughter. okay cut two years later i'm i'm uh, watching uh, green mile okay and you're like go, wait a second this is very kind of similar so anyway um uh, so uh, uh, I always thought that was quite interesting. Anyway, I don't know why I went off on that tangent. And you know, Stephen, uh, so Patrick Swayze, did you did did you get to did you get to choose? Was he big at that stage, or was he was um, that before or after he? He, could he was pretty. Good. I mean, Amazing Stories was one of those shows that um, would get name actors, certainly name directors. Had Scorsese directed them, and Clint Eastwood, and I mean, they had an amazing roster of, of directors. Um, but they would get you know name actors too, and I think you know. Um, to do a little half hour, you, you, you know, it's not a big commitment of time, um, and you get to work on the Steven Spielberg TV show. So I think that was probably Patrick's, um, you know, his motivation. But I remember they had set up up on the hill at Universal, the back lot of Universal, it set up the um, where the, the fence was, the, the fence he's supposed to climb to get zapped by lightning. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and they were going to shoot that later in the night. And so they were on the stage. 
So my wife and I said, let's go up and take a look at where the, where the fence is going to be. And it was literally like, you know, right next to the psycho house. Oh, um, psycho house didn't see it. It wasn't, you weren't going to see it, but it was on that hill. It was on a hill. So we're walking around the psycho house in the dark and there no crew was around. There was nobody else around. And, you know, I mean, look, I know it's a set and it's, you know, whatever. And it's like, it was this creepiest, you know, among the more, more creepy moments of my life. So, um, I tell you some creepy moments, seriously, like we had a quick chat before we went live and I feel slightly traumatized with researching all your amazing projects because they're so, they really get you. Like I physically felt rattled when I was watching Evil and and Cult and I'm like, I because I know you, you know, obviously through Farscape and yeah. as a friend and I was like, whoa, man, he's dark. <laughs> I, I release i guess is that you're, you're amazing and that song out of uh, uh seven swans are singing amazing how it sticks in your head right it really is, that's great uh, hooray that you that you sang it that was fabulous but no we in the writer's room we were like would you know catch ourselves humming it you know and then you know we'd throw papers at each other because like you gotta stop shut up shut up yeah, pretty amazing. It's very, very clever. So, do you when you when you're creating your projects, do you because you're so fo focused on them? Do you dream about them? Do you have nightmares about them? That was the other thing too. And then I was watching um Evil last night, and good old George decided to visit me in my nightmares last night really? as well. I'm like, I'm going to need therapy after this, Rockney. Oh. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, sorry protecting for you, Sky. But that's awesome. I think it's the greatest thing I've ever heard. So okay. <laughs> Uh, I, hope I hope it doesn't linger, but <clears throat> it's great that you're that that uh, it, it landed for you that way. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, it, currently during the current situation, I do have more um, uh, succinct dreams than I have before, which I it's, I think is a thing now. They're saying that it's something that people just tend to have, you know, remember the dreams more. Um, but no, I just um, I'm a dark guy. I, I mean, I don't know. I just it's a um, but you're so Where sweet and it's, you look so sweet and innocent that I'm like, whoa, that you're the, the sweet and innocent ones are the ones to be worried about, I guess. Okay, well, that's, that's, <laughs> that's for others <laughs> to decide. I, I think I'm just, I'm just sweetheart, you know, beginning to A to Z, so, you know. Yeah. Um, so what got, you, what got you into the business and what an awesome job. Like, is it the coolest job in the universe to be like such an integral part of television series the film and the film and television industry like your work is 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 huge no thank you yeah i um <clears throat> i grew up in the business uh, my, my dad was a gaffer a lighting guy and so i would visit sets with him all the time he worked at warner brothers for like 40 years so in any vacation time anywhere like that all through you know uh, uh middle school and high school i would just go visit the sets with him but it, it was all on the set and nothing to do with writing um, other than I had access to scripts and it was long before the internet. So you, you couldn't like get in, you know, you couldn't access scripts, um, online. And, uh, that's kind of how I met, I learned the form, but, um, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just always had an interest in writing and all that and, um, started literally 10 years old, um, writing, uh, there was a show on when I was a kid, I loved called man from uncle. And, yeah. um, I love that. And there was a, then they did a, uh, uh, a spinoff of the girl from uncle. And so I wrote the boy from uncle and, 
uh, I was 10 years old. I, it, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's understandable. It, it didn't get made. Okay. I didn't get it. Made. It's just the first thing I wrote. But it was yeah, just the first yeah. thing I wrote was a pilot, okay? And then, you know, cut to, you know, decades later, I, you know, so actually, you know, sold my first thing to uh, for the new Twilight Zone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, and I have no other appreciable skills. So if I didn't do this, I honestly, um, honestly don't know what I'd be doing right now. Um, uh, probably delivering food for DoorDash or something. Um, so if you go to go back to your 10-year-old self that wrote that first piece, that first pilot, I mean, that little kid's mind would have been blown to imagine what you're doing now. Like, it's just phenomenal rock. You're awesome. Well, thank very, you. Yeah, no, you're very inspiring. I am so blessed that <laughs> I'm doing what I want to do. And, you know, I've, I've had, I've, I've gotten shows on, a lot of shows on, um, you know, and uh, what I always want to do. So, no, I'm thrilled with that. And, and to the other part of your question about, you know, is it how much fun it is, I tell everybody, I go, working in a writer's room is the greatest you know, the best kept secret or whatever of all time, because you just hang out with a lot of other really creative people. It's, it's really fun. I, you know, and it's like, as a writer, you know, when you're writing your own stuff, you have to solve all the things yourself and you're banging your head against the desk going, why can't I figure this out? But you've got all these other creative people to absolutely help you kind of, you know, or bang their heads, you know, in unison with you to figure out what that, what that, you know, what the solution is. So, um, and, and there's also access to uh, food all day long. So, you know, yeah, so that's, the, that's always handy. <laughs> uh, we've got a million questions here in the chat room and I've got a million questions, but uh, Captain Calvin wants to know, how did you come up with words like Arn, Moya, Frel, Yachts? I mean, Farbot uh, could have roots in uh, German because Captain's German uh, to do with Verbot. How did you come, come up with all these bizarre words the language of moya the language yeah, of some of the early ones i came up with and then again it was just a free-for-all uh ricky manning um is a huge contributor to those sorts of things you know <clears throat> they just roll off his off his brain so, and ricky ricky's yeah. in this chat now too and Rock, you really, just okay. so you know well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad i said something nice now <laughs> ricky with his with his heroin problem was uh, it was no, no. Um, not again Yes, exactly. No, and Ricky, okay. But um, uh, there was no heroin. I was a joke. Um, it was <laughs> crack, okay. Um, but uh, anyway, so no, Ricky came up with a bunch of them. Uh, Moya was, uh, again, you just try to find the word or name that just seems to be right. And uh, Moya specifically, there was a woman I worked with, an older woman um, uh, at MGM, uh, who was a reader for the feature department. And just the sweetest woman been reading forever i think at mgm so you know you know read gone with the wind or whatever but she was just this really sweet old woman so when i was trying to name the, the moya i just the moya was the one that kind of fit wow. and then there's other words that you try to come up with things that are that sound similar or, or have suggest something else so the example would be um dren which is i don't know if i can swear s-h-i-t uh, i don't know if that's if i can do that but anyway it's that, okay? Um, but it's like Drek, which is S-H-I-T in, in Yiddish. So it kind of was like uh -huh. that enough that that was kind of, that, that you know, made, made those sorts of connections. And then it's just, again, it's it, in a certain way, it's not unlike naming um, regular characters, character names, because you want to give them names that obviously suit, you know, um, if, you're, if, you, if you're doing a Marine, you want to give them a kind of punchy, 
you know, um, uh, strong name, you know what I mean? That's really, so that's really, so you kind of, it's, it, you know. It, it, uh, like if you're, if you're doing a writer in, in Twilight Zone and you, you want to call him Rockney O'Bannon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, what, okay. Do you want to explain what you're referring to or? Uh, or no? Right. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, so you named one of your characters, right? For the, for the Twilight episode? It Rock O'Bannon? Yes. Um, it was one of the short ones, but it was just, I, 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 I've always been interested in breaking the, the fourth wall or breaking the glass of the TV set. And my show Cult was very much that. It was about trying to get the audience to go, look away, when the show was over, they would go, we'll look away from the screen and they're going, but the, you know, is this show still with me sort of thing. Um, so for the Twilight Zone episode, it was a very short one. It was about a, a writer, a television writer, who suddenly um, uh, these little creatures um, would come to him at night and pester him, and he couldn't get rid of them. Didn't know what to do to get rid of them, and finally, at the end, of, he finally just holds up in his house and boards up the doors and windows. And even though he's 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 blocked out everything outside, they still manage to get in. So he, at his wit's end, he goes, "What do I do? How do I get rid of you?" And one of them says to him, "Just write about us, Mr. O'Bannon, and you'll never see us again." So he turns to his computer and starts to write the episode and then the credit came up written by Rock Nancy Bannon so that again the thing the intent of it was some the, the guy Rock Neil Bannon had to write this episode yeah. to get these yeah. creatures to leave him alone uh so anyway so um in the uh but it's unusual to put the writer credit by itself at the end and we had to get permission from the director's guild because it's normally the director mm -hmm. credit if it comes at the end but when they put the put the show out ultimately in dvd they whoever says this is a mistake and move the credit to the front oh so no really the payoff isn't really there so it just plays this kind of funky thing the outcome for me this the the personal success for me is the writer was played by martin balsam um and because we made him an older writer the the showrunner said i'll let you do this episode but you can't make the writer like a young guy you know or, you know uh you got to make him like this old has-been which i thought was the greatest of all time so it was anyway. So we hired Martin Balsam. What's Martin Bal Oscar winning Bar Martin Balsam? Yeah. So if you go to IMDb and go to Martin Balsam, among his you know uh, incredible list of credits of roles that he's played, is Rocky it's you. Man. And it's, it's like <laughs> I, I can I can uh, uh, you know pass away happy now because uh, you know of that credit alone. So that's amazing. So how so how do you how do you go? And this is a a tricky question, but how how do you go from wild imaginings, you know, from just your very first thoughts to the, a perfectly formatted script? Like that, that journey must be huge, must be massive. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm very big on, on um, starting big and getting smaller. I, I definitely outline um, a lot and I really try to um, have a real foundation of what, where it's going and what the intentions are scene by scene and all that um so that a when i get to the the scenes and i'm writing the dialogue and all that i'm, I'm very confident and comfortable that this fits in and there, there's a place i know where it's going um and so and during the earliest stages the blue skying stages um that's when i can kind of let uh, i have a big pad here i'll find it here um we're like let's see the notes let's see the notes ah, open it open it green <laughs> grass okay what well, all right um, but it's, uh, they will never be able to read my writing. But I just oh, do wow. like this. Um, 
that and it's just a it's just a, a brain dump initially um and then literally what i'll do i'm working on a project right now with my son um and we're writing together and i we we broke the first ten it's a for, for streaming so it's the first 10 episode season we broke the entire season not in super detail but just so we knew where it went so that also helps us to then when if when we are going to go in and pitch just the pilot we know very much of what's going to happen after that we're not kind of like fishing for it plus it helps us to have all sorts of things that we know are upcoming so we can actually pull some of those things up into the pilot and enrich that if we feel we need to i mean a lot believe me in the past i have written just the pilot of things and then you kind of get into the weeds going yeah but now we don't know where this goes or all of that so and it's just for me the brain dump of, of in, in this example doing the entire first season um in very rough terms but just kind of what they might be is is really very very helpful um in terms of like and just dumping ideas out there um and then you know winnowing it down to either writing a, pi a spec pilot um or, um or or developing it into a pitch and have you heard of that thing because i've been trying to do some dabbling you know in script writing and everything and everyone's like oh there's that thing where you can speaking like you know you can dictate and it writes the words for you i'm like i don't know whether it would understand my silly accent it, who knows what would end up on the page on the on the computer <laughs> How, people, so you just yeah. there are people that do that rod, rod sterling apparently dictated all his scripts uh right. you know, and he was rod sterling so you know um you can't you can't uh, you know fault that system um no i wouldn't do that i, I mean personally that wouldn't work for me i i just yeah. like the i just the connection to paper and stuff like that is important to me. So when you went in and pitched to sci-fi with Brian, uh, I read an interview that you came out and you gave each other a big hug and then you went, how are we going to do this? <laughs> that, that, that's, not, that's not a story. That's a literally happened. Is it true? Yes, it's totally true. So how we, did you do it? Uh, how, did we do, how did we do it ultimately? Yeah. Uh, you know it involves any of us um, by the skin of our teeth. Um, right. Yeah, no, but it was, uh, uh, there, there was a lot of, uh, pardon the, uh, the metaphor, but there was a lot of planets that lined up to make this show exactly what it is. And one of them is the Henson Company and Brian, who were just, you know, um, willing to do absolutely anything. Uh, and, you know, had, had access to the, the Henson Creature Shop, which was amazing. Um, and then uh, uh, it was initially a financial consideration, primarily to shoot in Australia. But it was, I, I, if I had to pick one thing that was really the thing that, that distinguished the show, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, I'm on with you. No, seriously, it was access to the people, the, the actors that are there that, are, that we got that are trained so incredibly well. They were, um, it was a story of a man from um, one environment from Earth who was now in, a, in, a, in among a bunch of people that are not, you know, are somewhere from somewhere else. And we had Ben Browder from America, who was in in Sydney, you know, with with all these these other you know Aussie actors, um, and the access to the just incredible wildness of of the of the Australian um, artists. So we had those people who did the Mad Max movies, and you know, and and do that, you know, are really willing to you know just go wildly over the top. Um, in terms of being creative, um, and that really made, I think, a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, uh, 
yeah. I mean, I, and, I, I wouldn't give that back, for, you know, for anything. At that stage, had you had you travelled to Australia before that, or worked in Australia before Farscape? Never had <laughs> I sat I set foot on 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 uh, on the uh, you know on, in Australia, yeah, with a gigantic TV show to make. Um, Whoa! And not ever ever been there, ever visited. Go never, what? Never been there. What am I going to find? Yeah, but it was awesome. And I look, I, I you know, I, I'm a Southern California boy, born and raised here, and oh. I visited the world a lot. And I love traveling, but it's like, you know, you go to London, for example, <clears throat> and the egg, at least back when the first time I ever went up there, it's like the egg yolks are orange, you know? So it's like, it's just things that are like odd to me, right? So yeah. I went to Australia and the weather's different wherever you go in the world. And I went to, when I, you know, uh, uh, sat down in, in Sydney, it's like, it was very much like Southern California to me. And the people were very Southern California-like, um, which, I, which I appreciated. So all of that, just made it, it was a very, very comfortable place um, to, you know, for me as a Southern California boy. And the first trip we went, because we didn't know exactly, again, we, we knew we'd be shooting in Sydney, but we wanted to take advantage of just the incredible exotic nature of the, you know, the land outside the, of Sydney. So we landscape. did, yeah, so we literally, you know, we got in progressively smaller planes and we went out to um, Dubbo and then we ultimately, I think, ended up at Broken Hill um, uh -huh. shot Mad Max. So we were up on the hill where Mad Max is eating cat, dog food and, you know, at the beginning of, of uh, uh, the second Mad Max. And I was like, I go, I would never have thought I would ever be here in this spot, you know, um, but then I was, and, you know, and uh, um, so, yeah. And so I think that's also part of, that was great about, you know, shooting there was we did have access to things, not that far. We didn't, we never ended up going as far, obviously, as, as Broken Hill, but um, we had access to all sorts of really, exotic, certainly for tele American television um, locales. So that made a, made a big difference. I'm just going to pop over to the chat room because they're, fl they're flooding in. Uh, uh, High Rock says Brave Salt 84. Thank you for being here and for continuing the story of Farscape. If we got to see John and Aaron, John and Aaron's son, how do you envisage envision his personality? Would he be more like Crichton or Aaron? Um, Again, I, hate, I can't say too much about that. Okay, so that might be a clue to why there might be a you know that I can't say too much about that. Um, but uh, if I were going to say something about it, uh, <laughs> I can't. But if uh, I imagine, if, imagine if you will, someone who is an amalgam of kind of both of them, if you you know what I mean, and not necessarily you know uh, they, they both have really good qualities and also things that you gotta wish you know they, they, they themselves probably wish that they could kind of adjust. So imagine someone um, who, you know, definitely has all aspects, the entire panoply of their of their personality quirks and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say, which I've said too much. Oh, what do you mean, Rock? Please, please uh, tell us more. Uh, no comment. Yeah, well, no, I can't. I, look, everybody's been so patient about, you know, yeah, you know. like You know uh, it's going to come up, so. Yeah, so, you look, you know. Honestly, um, you know, um, we're ready. To, I, I'm ready to go. Okay, um, we worked. Ricky Manning and I worked hard um, a couple of years ago. We were really trying to do a feature version of, of, of Farscape, and it just became really hard, uh, ultimately, I, I, I would say, impossible to do because when do you place it? You know, I mean, if you're doing a feature, it, it really needs to kind of appeal to a, a new audience. 
And then you also have to, but you also obviously want to, you know, it's very much for the fans. So, you know, if, if we're doing just a movie, um, uh, an original movie with the premise of Farscape, you would start like the pilot did with John, you know, leaving Earth and ending up elsewhere. But for the movie, we didn't want to just remake the pilot or any version of that. So then, you know, we worked hard to try to place it in the middle of the series, but then, you know, that, like, how do the audiences get hooked into that? It was really, it was just really hard to do it as a, as a, as a standalone movie or the first of hopefully a series of movies. So ultimately, it's, Hello? Oh no, we've got a freeze frame. I've approached it since then. And uh, yeah, uh, I mean, in, in, in what I mentioned before, in terms of developing in a, you know, a, a, the first season of something as a means to kind of get a handle on, you know, get my hands around it, our hands around it. Um, we've, you know, we've got a, a, an outline for the first season and uh, we did a sizzle reel that, uh, you know, we're ready to go out with. Um, we previewed that, a portion of it at least, at some of the cons last year. Um, and it's, it's honestly, the, the ball is in, is in the Henson's company's court. So, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to, to hit the ground running and it's just a matter for them to kind of, you know, um, light the fuse. So, uh, we're, uh, you know, we're very excited about what, yeah. And if I may say, I think I mentioned to you this to you, uh, in the, in this may too much of a clue to, to kind of what, what, okay. But Chiana is the first character from the original series that we see in the new, in the new show. So my heart is literally beating out of my chest. <laughs> I'm trying to be very cool, calm and collected, but I'm like, what? And I think, um, when you told me that rock, we were, we were in, we were in at San Diego comic con. And I do believe we may have been on Rick and Morty, Justin Roiland's boat party, private boat party. We're like, it's so funny. We hadn't seen each other for years and years and years. And it was so cool that we could reconnect, you know, so, so many moons after and do this awesome panel at San Diego Comic Con. And then what and we ended up on a boat just cruising around exactly. beautiful San Diego with all, with all the Rick and Morty crew. We're like, how do we get here? That was the, I mean, to, to be with those guys, you know, uh, Dan Harmon and, and, you know, it was just the greatest. So. Yes. And then that was when you were sort of, you know, talking to me and, and I went home and went, oh, did he really say that? Is this really happening? Yes, please, 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 please hurry up. How much longer can we wait? I know. But it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, so I'm, look, I'm right in there with you. You know, I'm, uh, I'm anxious to get us going. So. Oh, rock. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a week now, but I'll be sleeping. <laughs> so at what point did you realize how epic Farscape, like, I mean, obviously right from the get go, you guys, you know, you said you had no the sci-fi rep said, you know, make it as weird and as wonderful as you like. And there were no restraints in, in, in that regard. So, and it was really wild and organic and raw and obviously, really reached a lot of people internationally when did you realize how uh, the effect that farscape was going to have on the viewers because even today you know i've been doing the comic cons 20 years down the road and there is massive amounts of people that you know they've watched it so many times and now it's been re-released on amazon prime so 
young kids are coming up and saying, oh, oh, you know, this episode and that episode. I was like, wait a second, you couldn't have even been born when we were shooting it, you know? So it's so cool that it's got this whole new generation that are getting into it. And when did you realize how epic this show was going to be? I believe it was a Thursday. No. <laughs> it was a roundabout. Um, no, initially, um, uh, one of the things to our advantage and disadvantage was it was um, obviously never intended to be a kid's show, but because it had puppets or Muppets in it and it was coming from the Henson Company, uh, the network, um, there was a, the, the president of the network who bought it, uh, then left, and then a new guy came in and he was the one who just thought it was a kid's show from Henson very dismissively goes, just make it as weird as you can. And that was like the greatest, <laughs> hello. So that, you know, um, we literally walked out of the room and said, you know, Rigel's gonna fart, he leave in the pilot, okay? Cause we were holding that off just in case. But now it's like, okay, that's that's definitely- Hold, it. hold. Yeah, 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 poor, poor uh, yeah, Rigel's like, gonna have to hold it in. But now I didn't have to. But anyway, so, um, but it was still, I think that um, even though obviously you know, uh, we were driven to never make it a kid show of any sort. The TV, you know, the ads in, in, in here in the States and in TV Guide and all those sorts of things wasn't aimed toward kids, but it just, again, you're seeing these creatures and stuff like that and the Jim Henson logo and all. So suddenly it was, you know, you got the impression that it was a kid's show. So I think that was kind of something that we had to kind of overcome initially. And then people started to discover it. And I, I learned something uh, in my career, which I thought was, I think is interesting which is, I did a show back in the 90s uh, called Sequest with uh, yes. Steven Spielberg production and it was Roy Scheider coming to TV. It was like, you know, it was a big thing. And we got a year, a year you know, order, you know, they ordered a year with, without a pilot, all that sort of thing. But because it was Steven Spielberg and because it was Roy Scheider and because it was this thing, they promoted the living daylights out of it as they should. However, because of that, the audience came to it relatively, you know, openly, I think, but they were also like, wow, this is going to be great. And so there was a, you know, that kind of a little bit of sense of where you have great expectations for this. And so it's really tough to satisfy, it's additional pressure on the show to satisfy the, the, those expectations. Cut to Farscape many years later, which went on to the Sci-Fi Channel, which was still a very young network at that time. We were the first original, original show of theirs. Uh, they, were, they had done, um, saw, um, I can't remember the name of the show, I'm sorry. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, it's, people are very, you know, um, will help me here. It, um, but anyway, they, they, they were remaking ep uh, uh, episodes of another show that had pre-existed. But Farscape was their first original, original show, I believe. Oh, oh. And uh, and so, but no, so nobody really kind of, people were just, people discovered it. So the thing that I learned was that um, there's great value, especially in the um, uh, science fiction community and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, imaginative fiction community to let people discover, they, people love to discover things. Um, they own it, they feel a, a great sense of ownership of it. Um, if they haven't been told this is the greatest thing you'll ever see, if they discover it, then they you know tell, tell everybody else about it. So I think we, Farscape benefited hugely from that, that it was a slow kind of build in terms of um, you know audience going, wait, this isn't a kid's show and this is really pretty wild. And, uh, and so, you know, I think and you, you did you did despicable things to characters that we love and we love them and then we detested them and then we love them again and you're like what what how could that even you you and you and you were so brave at even characters that we loved and adored 
and then they died. And, and then and we were like, no, you weren't scared to make these huge, brave, intense choices. And I think that really rocked people's souls as well. Like every, a lot of people I speak to say it, it, it's so, they connect so deeply with it. Like I, I feel like before Farscape, I was into um, like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and um, Never Ending Story and like uh, phantasmagorical things. Because that to me, in a weird way, seemed like I could connect deeper than the sci-fis I'd seen previously. And then when I got into Far Farscape, I remember reading the script and I don't know whether it was because it, it, it was Henson's and it had that, I don't, it didn't seem, it seemed to me like a crazy family traveling through space and it didn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't, yes, it's sci-fi because we're going through the uncharted territories, but it just seemed really real to me compared to lots of the other sci-fis that I'd seen before. And I remember Ben coming up to me and he goes, and this is right before we had internet, like I mean, we had internet, but emails were like a new thing. Like the email address that I have is a nickname that an assistant director used to call me on the set of Farscape. And I was like, yeah, that's a good, perfect. So, and I remember Ben saying, oh, here's the chat room where all the fans hang out. And I was like, what a, what a wake up. You know, like, oh, this American guy, oh, this American superstar, you know. Ooh, fans, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, because you know what we're like in Australia, Rock. We're so, it's like the tall poppy syndrome. You've got to be, you know, king of the castle, and even then you'll get ripped to shreds. And he was so proud and so this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll see. And I remember logging onto that chat room. I think my nickname was Fweekin. And that was my first, like, oh my gosh, this is, this is massive. Like, that was, people were so passionate about the characters and so. And even Ben put it in the episode, like you guys allowed us to do so much improvisation and had so much artistic license. And it, that, 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 I've never experienced that again on any show that I've ever worked with, which is so beautiful that you let the characters, you, you trusted us, you know, to, to do, to make these characters our own. But, and that's really it. I mean, we couldn't have done the things we did if we didn't have a cast that was just willing to go with us. You know what I mean? There, you know, there, nobody was trying to protect their image or protect anything. You know what I mean? It was just sort of like, I'll do whatever this, you know, is it, whatever wild thing that was proposed, we'll just go go for it. And then we'll also, you know, and then and often, like you say, just, you know, we'll then, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, amplify it, you know, with your own imaginations. And that's, you know, really got us to somewhere really, really you know, pretty far out there. Um, so no, it was, we couldn't have done it without the cast that we had, you know, and, you know, obviously Ben being the, the, the you know, the, 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 the pinnacle of people that are willing to do absolutely any crazy stuff and come up with right. crazy stuff himself. And we're going, you sure you want to do this? He goes, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Cause he, cause he knew it was a great idea. Um, yeah. one of the things, a lot of this came from, or not a lot of it, but someone came from, um, the, uh, we had a ship of, um, prisoners escaping prisoners from different, obviously different cultures and all that. And it's just natural for television. We were doing 22 episodes that, you know, back then, I think we even did more than that the first season, but we, but we, but um, we're doing a full season, you know, and so it's natural for television for people, even though you may start the pilot with people at odds with each other, it just, they eventually homogenize down into, a family and they get all get along and all that 
So my thing was, I said, I want to try to keep these people at odds as long as possible to keep the, the <laughs> internal to keep the internal tension going because we're going to be on the ship a lot and obviously we'll bring in external villains and, and all that to, to put pressure on them but in terms of if there's also internal pressure i'm a big david mamet fan and he's the master of of like just you know people going toe to toe in in, in 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 incredibly intense ways so it's like how do we keep that that pressure cooker going as long as possible so that's why like middle of the season we had you know everybody cuts off pilot's arm and you know they're sorry about it but they're but it's like we need to do this for our own purposes <clears throat> so those sorts of things we're trying to keep that going as much as possible and then it allowed us at the end of the season to lighten you know to to loosen that a bit and and really earn what i think are like the you know the really most significant moments primary among them is when um uh moya lets uh, Aaron know that, um, uh, or, um, no, I'm sorry, pilot, let's, uh, Aaron know that Moya wants Aaron to name the baby. Yes. Which, you know, and that arc of, that Aaron arc of, I'm a prison, I'm a soldier who hates everybody's guts and I'm just stuck on your ship. And yes. And she was vulnerable. The to that and, and, and Claudia's performance that moment, it's like, it just blows your hair, hair back. Stunning. So, yeah. But it's like to try to get to that place. So again, so therefore, and then in subsequent seasons, the more we could just push people, uh, the characters into necessary dark places and things that are totally justified for that character, the better it just keeps that kind of, you know, that that bubbling along as, you know, as long as possible. Uh, Willow, Willow says, I was a teenager when I watched Farscape for the first time and the found family nature of it made me feel like I always had somewhere to go it's beautiful despite the adult themes some of which went over my head it was a it was very meaningful to me in a way that I can't explain thank you Willow that's beautiful and people uh, love I mean, love that like the most you know just hearing that from one person is like you know your life has got to, you know it's, it's got meaning you know no, that's awesome I mean is so that, I gotta tell you is that my dog or your dog it's my dog. I apologize. Oh, good. They're, no, that's all right. I thought it was my my dog, my baby, my cat. No, no, no. Whole... They're, they're in the other room. I, I've trained them to to bark if, if my uh, drug stash has been being, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know looked through. So, you know, or somebody's or somebody's come home. One or the other. I can't. Ricky's knocking at your door. I Just know, it's like, got, what's all these drug references? I, yeah. <laughs> You've been locked up for too long. What happened with the Farscape comic book? They want to know. I bought the first omnibus and pre-ordered the second one, but I got message that it was cancelled. Do you know what happened? I asked Keith at a Balticon, but he didn't know. Yeah, and nor do I. I don't. I honestly don't remember. Um, uh, the comic book sold fine, but not great. So it may be that in terms of the, the omnibus, they just decided that it wasn't going to um, have a, you know financial return. I'm guessing. That would probably be it. I, almost everything is financial, uh, you know. So I'm guessing that's the reason, and, and I'm sorry. I truly am sorry about that. Uh, I was very proud of the comics. I thought there was, you know, because we could tell stories that obviously we couldn't do on TV. Um, and the minute we, I knew we were doing a comic, I said we're going to, you know, Rigel's Homeworld, something we could never ever do um, in the show. So um, it was very, it was very freeing. But uh, no, I apologize for the, the omnibus too. I honestly don't re recall that. So sorry, really. 
Farscape Loki says, Gigi, question for Rockney. What did Michael Crichton, the author, and your friend think about naming a sci-fi leading character after him? Never, uh, never came up. Um, <laughs> if you notice, a lot of my uh, characters are named after sci-fi heroes of mine. Um, and uh, Crichton just seemed like a natural to me. But no, it's funny. It never, um, I never really mentioned it. So I don't think he, yeah. Never brought it up. I Rick, I think it was when we, Ricky and I were having a chat and he said, it was really interesting. He told me things that I never knew about. Farscape, I'm like, how do I not know this? Or has it been that long? But he said that you were very um, adamant that Chiana was uh, pronounced in a certain way. And then when we we all interpreted, uh, interpreted the name on set, it sort of morphed into Chiana, but you had a different pronunciation. Is that right? I don't, I, I wouldn't, uh, the only reason I wouldn't think so is because Chiana, my, my wife, now ex-wife, my wife's name was Leanna. <clears throat> so I would have think that I would want to pronounce it. Uh, he was saying Anna. something like the expression. I do. Maybe I, maybe I was a harbinger of things to come and I didn't want to have it rhyme with my voice. <laughs> uh, like, should I take that as a clue? Yeah. Love and light, namaste. You should have counseled me then and said, you know. Okay, next question. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> life, life marches on. Um, no, but no, and, I, I, and, and I don't know if it was Claudia or whatever, but um, Aaron was Aaron's son, S-U-N. Oh. On set, they they changed it to Aaron Sun, which I thought was awesome. But that's a great oh. example of like just how people like go, you know, this. how do we you know, twist this a bit? And um, I'm Ricky may know, but I, I don't know. Who, who made that switch, but it was on set. I remember that. Uh, Ricky goes, I lied, Gigi. You told us, oh no, here we go. He goes, you told us it should be Chi, Anna. I'm like, Did, was it? I don't I don't remember that. But then that's what Ricky's saying, like a heavy C-H-E-E. -E, that that's how we should have pronounced uh, Chiana's okay, name. Well, from this moment on, we'll just, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you in and you can, uh, and Chiana, you know, she, go back. Anna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, what, what's the project you're most proud of? Um, gee, I, gee, I wonder what that might be. Hmm. Um, hmm. No, I, I obviously, you know, that you know, the, the, the is, I forget who said it. Like William Goldman said, you know, my my um, obituary is going to start with um, uh, Butch Cassidy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I'm developing other stuff right now. But I think, you know, my guess is that uh, uh, Farscape will always be at the top of any list of any, you know, of anything I've done. I just will. I mean, it's just because it's it's such a unique um, uh, property and has such a, you know, passionate fan base and all that. So, um, uh, uh, and it obviously has a tremendous, you know, it's the, it's, it's the one, like, you know, as I said before about writer's rooms, so how much fun things are. And believe me, I've been on things that have not been fun. I try really hard as, a, as the showrunner to, to keep everybody happy and, and make it a fun environment. Um, but just a lot of times there's just pressures and things on, on, on shows that um, make it tougher. And uh, Farscape was just, you know, awesome sauce from, from you know, the beginning uh, until now. Until yeah. right, right here. Hmm? Until right here, right now. So uh, what's next for, for you? You're in the land of evil, obviously. Um, working on evil, that's, uh, and having a great, great time. I'm, I'm a big fan of Robert and Michelle King. They did The Good Good Wife. I used to watch that. I mean, that was my regular network viewing, which I didn't watch a lot of network television, and that was one, because it was so not network. So anyway, I was a big fan of theirs. 
and Good Fight on, on CBS All Access I loved. And then when they I saw that they were doing a, a um, the genre show, I got all excited and just read the script because I, I, I like them and it's genre. And then um, they reached out um, to see if I could, if, you know, I was available to help out. And I was thrilled to do it. And there was also um, um, shooting in, in the, again, last year, the room was in, in Brooklyn. And I'd been to New York a zillion times, but I'd never lived there. So it's just, I was in Williamsburg and then I'd walk to Greenpoint, which is where the studios are. So nice. walk back and forth every day. And anybody knows Brooklyn, Williamsburg is like you know, an amazing, amazing place. And um, so, uh, yeah, so that was, it was a great, you know, it was, it was great. It, it continues to be a great gig. Uh, and I'm just developing stuff. I've got a, a network pitch that I'm developing. Um, and, uh, and this other thing I'm doing with my son, uh, which is uh, for uh, streaming probably. And uh, both of them, uh, very unusual pieces. The network one is not, it's its not, uh, I, I don't want to uh, uh, liken it to evil, but it's like evil in that it's not, it's very far from traditional network fare. So uh, if, we, if we could ever get that going, I'd be really proud of that one. And then it's fun to work with my son. And like I said, it's wonderful to have, um, you know, someone else a really good, you know, other imagination in the room um, to, to work with. Um, you know, it's like when Ricky and I were working on the, the um, you know, the trying to the get, getting new Farscape up and uh, up and going. You know, it's just great to have somebody else in the room with you that's got a great imagination um, to uh, to try to you know push past those pauses and you know in your thinking. Well, Rockney, everyone's just giving you so much love, as am I, and we all want to know how we can follow you and support you and where where do where do people find you on social media and all that um i'm uh, i think you know i'm on on twitter i don't i don't i don't reach out a whole lot um i just don't and because i don't have anything interesting to say generally speaking um and i don't just reach to you know to, to hear my own uh twitter voice <clears throat> but uh rockney underscore s i think is on twitter um there's a web uh, uh facebook page um and uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love, everybody should, uh, if you haven't checked out Evil, um, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, it is not traditional CBS fare by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and just keep watching and and, um, and truly, you know, um, hang in there regarding the Farscape, uh, Farscape, you know, uh, returning. I, you know, I, like I said, I just, I'm, I'm, it, it pains me to continue that hang in there everybody you know all that it's just it's like it's horrible but i, I understand that i'm really in there with you now i mean it's the you know the it's out of it's out of my hands like it's out of your hands it's really in the hands of of um others to to you know make that next step so um uh and as soon as we know anything we'll we'll certainly be letting you know and congratulations to you on um the uh, on hashtag going up today which is wildly thank you. yeah thank it's, you so it's much. Awesome. yeah we talked when we talked at the time uh, ben sent it to me uh, ben alpi the, the director and um you know it, it's just a, if you guys haven't seen it you really should i'm not just blowing smoke because it's gg it really is very interesting to me it was like i think i said it was like a, you know a, 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 i likened it to a a, a really good uh, black mirror episode it's that sort of it's that tone if you will and and but and to me from me um, but it's very much its own thing, but that's a big compliment for me because I'm obviously a big Black Mirror fan. So it has that kind of vibe to it. And you, ma'am, I must say, are absolutely awesome in it. I mean, it, it really, you really do run the gamut. You're kind of—it's just kind of rock your world performance, 
Um, so um, anyway, people should definitely check that out. Um, Thanks, Rock. You're amazing. And uh, anyway, everybody, please be well. Take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And um, it's been great talking to you guys. So if people want to help continue support Farscape, should we just be tweeting about it, watching it on Amazon Prime, sharing it to loved ones? All of the above. The more, the more of that, obviously, that continues, the, you know, the better. Um, it just greases the rails for um, when we go in and talk to streamers that, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a, there's a, a passionate audience um, and they have numbers to, to support that and all that. So, yeah, please, uh, please, all of the above um, would be super helpful. Beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us, Rock. Love you so much. And thank you, guys. Thank you. Ho and hopefully the next time I see you is on set, right? That would be awesome. Exactly. <laughs> where, you'll be, where you'll be waving affectionately to uh, your love interest. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, ooh la la. I'm not going to. Um, all right. <laughs> bye. Uh, yeah, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. Lots of love. And everybody watch uh, Evo and uh, follow Rock all over social media. That's That would be amazing. I'm going to say goodbye to you now, Rock, and I'm going to serenade these guys for a little bit. <laughs> wow, Rock. Oh my gosh. Ooh, starting soon. What did you think about that, guys? Isn't that just the best news ever? Wowzers. Oh my gosh. Man, I am that. I'm on cloud. I don't even know what. How fantastic is it that Rock actually has time you know to take out of his crazy busy schedule to hang out with us i i feel very blessed and very very special did you have fun guys willow says her heart is pounding oh man i oh, my heart's pounding i'm trying to I'm, oh, so excited ah, what did you think what did you think pretty cool huh emerald city nice to see you i can see we've got lots of new people in the room so i guess guys it's uh you know it's it seems like it's all a go so we just need to keep sharing the love and uh watching it on amazon prime yes and uh telling everyone that we know about it um i'm so happy that you could join me this is very very special uh i'm just going to show you on we've been doing a few things here on our beautiful twitch channel so uh on tuesdays at three and on Fridays at 6.15 p.m. after Twitch, we go to Zoom and it's always lots of fun. I'm going to pop you over here so you can check it out. Uh, you can pick up your tickets here. The next one is Friday at 6.15 p.m., which is tomorrow. Uh, I will post this link and we can talk more about Farscape. Oh my gosh. And hashtag too. I want to show you the hashtag teaser. It went live today uh all my dreams have come true today a very very exciting day uh so that's the little link i just put in the chat room there so you can come and hang out with us all on zoom and you know if you come in oh i get to tell you who the new guest is as well guys you know if you come into zoom you get all the little sneaky bits that uh you don't you get all the little things that we're going to do on twitch like the last couple of zoom chats these people found out 
uh, the guest star before anyone else. And it was actually the people in the chat room that's in the Zoom room that said, oh, wait, 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 tell them Thursday afternoon. So are you ready to hear who your new guest star is? Okay, you probably don't wanna know, that's fine. Let's see here, uh, I'm just gonna go to hashtag on just so you can check it out. So as we said before, this just premiered, hang on a sec. So, oh, that's exciting, it's up to 12,000. That's very, very cool. Um, all right, so I'm gonna play you this little, oh, you wanna hear the guest star? Well, first you have to watch the hashtag teaser. <laughs> <laughs> all right here you go guys here's a little hashtag teaser this is hashtag that premiered today on dust please go in like it uh watch it oh this isn't the whole thing oh no this is the whole thing i won't show, play you the whole thing i'll play you the teaser <laughs> otherwise you guys will be like come on tell us who the guest star is hashtag teaser dust teaser the dust oh my god my writing let's see here I might put you back on my live screen before I break the internet goodness gracious hashtag teaser do 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 you guys better be getting excited about the new guest have we got any guesses guesses guess guesses anybody got some guess guesses hashtag teaser let's see here oh here it is so what did you think now what was the clue that i gave you guys i believe i said uh, the name had an e in it all right ready here's your hashtag teaser and then i'll tell you who the guest is and then i'm going to give you a little bit of an original song today because it's a very special day all right gang here you go this is hashtag teaser on dust x what is your status? If you want to be successful, it's just as simple. Know what you're doing, love what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing. Submit. What is your status? I, I don't know. You're welcome. Now, do you want to know who the guest is? Do you want to know? Ah, maybe we should just dance some more. <laughs> All right, so this is where you can watch the full film. I'm going to put the little link. It's 14 minutes of your time. This is where you can watch the full film on dust. Please watch it and share it if you dig it. It would mean the world to me. Hashtag was... A beautiful uh, film that we did and we're actually going to have the writer director and producer on next Friday to join us and we will also be doing a watch together which will be lots of fun but for Thursday ladies and gentlemen uh, we have our new guest which will be drumroll Ladies and gentlemen, 
from Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, Kirk Thatcher. <laughs> the awesome Kirk Thatcher, who was a judge on Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, and he also has worked on uh, so many amazing productions. You wait, he's hysterical. He's so beautiful. He's a creature designer as well, creature fabricator, and he's a director, and he's very, very cheeky. And if you're lucky, he always wears a very smart hat. So uh, beautiful Kirk Thatcher will be joining us. See, I told you Zoom people that I told you in your Zoom meeting. All right, so now we're just going to wrap it up. I'm, doing, I'm going to sing you a little song. Doo, doo, doo. This is to one of my original songs. Love you guys. Very special day. Thank you very much for joining. Hmm. Bruce Gibson Electric Kisses That smells like electric friction Come a little closer, boy Melon me Come a little closer, boy Waking up from 
have it. <laughs> I'm I'm over the moon. Yay! Love you guys. Thank you for your never-ending love and energy and awesomeness. Uh, here is the beautiful hashtag. Teaser. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for your beautiful donations. I didn't want to interrupt Rotney while he was talking because I didn't want to miss a word of it myself. So I knew you guys wouldn't. Uh, thank you for your subscribe, all the subscribers, all the followers. It just means more than the world to me. Uh, here is the link also to our beautiful Zoom chat tomorrow. Now, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? Tomorrow is Friday. It's the audience. It's the dealer's choice. So did you want to watch the first ep of Tricky Business together? You'd have to watch it on Amazon Prime and we'd watch it together at the same time. But I'd do what I do. It, I'd do what I do. I do what I do, like with the Farscape episodes. You want painting? No, Juju. Jeez Louise, you're gonna get a spanking, Juju. <laughs> Good night, guys. What, Raven Slayer wants Farscape. Farscape is usually our Saturday day, so we have and hashtag we're doing next week. So, do you want me to find an episode of, or we could go through? Uh, I could do. I tell you what, considering we just sung Closer, how about I do a talk about the beautiful music video Closer because there's a million stories that go with it. Would you like that? Yeah, but I'm all about painting and Closer. <laughs> all right, would you like to hear about Closer? Yes? Okay, we'll do watch the music video and we shall talk about beautiful Closer. And then Saturday, guys, for our subscribers, if you're a new subscriber, Saturday we're watching... What are we up to, Texodo? I believe we're up to season two, episode 209, is it? Oh, let's see, Out of Their Minds. Oh, ooh, we're watching Out of Their Minds, Out of Their Minds. Cool, that's on Saturday. So to wrap up the week, we'll be watching Out of Their Minds. Just to give you a heads up to, oh, hi, Frunium, you're still here. Oh. That was very special, Frunium. Goodness gracious, we've got to get Frunium back on the show too. Everybody say yay! Yay! More Frunium! More Frunium! Ah. Uh, and also, guys, you have to check out Frunium. He has a really cool website as too. As, as too, that's good English. Maybe you could help me write my English, Frunium. Let me see here. Let me look up Mr. Frunium. All right. Do... All right. Let's see. Here we go, guys. Look. This is Frunium's website, frunium.com. Ricky does consultations, writing classes, and also cut and paste. I'm putting Frunium's website in here so you can check it out. If you have a script that you want to develop or some, you just need some therapy sessions, contact good old Frunium uh, and he will make it better. He's very good at making things better. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to sign off. I'm going to leave you with the beautiful hashtag teaser again. Check out beautiful uh, Frunium's website and uh, get in contact with him for some serious consultation. Uh, I'm just going to pop back over here. Very special. <laughs> Did everybody have fun? Good night, as see you later.
Good night. Good night. We love you. Have lots of fun. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Yes, there's many stories to be told about close. I think you guys will really enjoy it. All right, here's the little teaser. Love you very much. And have a beautiful evening. Big love to you all. And um, I'll see you tomorrow at five. Thank you, uh, Ricky. And beautiful Rock for joining us today. And all you amazing scapers. Watch, watch, watch on Amazon Prime and share away. Love you guys. Bye. X. What is your status? If you want to be successful, it's just as simple. Know what you're doing, love what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing. Submit. What is your status? I, I don't know.